welcome to Just Think, the podcast, the podcast where we do not want to tell you what to think. We actually want to encourage you to think for yourselves. This is a podcast with three friends who come from across the political spectrum, but we hate partisan politics. But we found, especially over 2020, that when we were united and really trying to figure out what's really true about what's going on in our world, we were very much united in that pursuit. And so we saw that we were having incredible conversations and learning so much in our conversations. We wanted to invite all of you into it. So this is Holly Brewer, and I'm joined by Amy Ludwig and Kristen Ludwig. And today we're going to talk about education. So this is a topic we haven't covered on the podcast before, and it's it's a very broad topic, and we know that there will be multiple conversations around the topic, but we wanted to kick it off today with just the three of us talking from a parent's perspective. There was an interesting article that came out um, last month, August 9th, 2021. I read it on uh, ABC 11's website, and it says 60,000 students left North Carolina public schools, that's where we live, is North Carolina, 60,000 students left North Carolina public schools in 2020. What's driving the drop? And of course, it goes through of certainly the shutdown of our schools during the pandemic was a reason I'm sure that parents felt they needed to look at other alternatives. But I would say, I think a lot of us are also waking up to the realities of the product that is being delivered to our kids, the environment in which they are learning. And we're asking ourselves, is this the best thing for my kid? And I also think we witnessed that the government has the power. They have the power to determine what our kids are learning, where they're learning, how they're learning, masked, masked unmasked. And when parents started to realize they didn't really have the power they thought they did, I think many of us are just taking back our power. And so the point of this conversation, guys, is to say we as parents do have the final authority in our children's education. There is plenty of options in this day and time in 2021. And Amy and Kristen have been doing a deep dive on what those <laughs> options are. And we're going to talk about it today. But before we start chatting, we do want to show you, we want to share something with you that makes us laugh because we know this is a heavy topic. We've been diving into heavy topics, but we wanted to introduce you to Nate Vargazzi. He is a comic. If you don't follow him, he's clean, good family fun. But Nate Vargazzi talks about his daughter learning common core math. And boy, when parents watch this, if you have a child that's in public school, this will resonate. Take a listen. Doing homework uh, to our daughter's turn, bring it all home, which homework's fun. First and second grade was awesome. Third grade, you're like, okay. They throw some stuff in, you're like, oh, all right, all right. So, okay, learning it earlier than we used to, huh? Uh, like, I don't even know that's true, but she brought home Common Core math. That's fun. It's a new math they invented. No heads up, just give it to parents that never learned it. Uh, <laughs> It's just a whole new, I mean, they it's unbelievable. Why wouldn't you, they bring it home, you go watch a 40 minute YouTube video on Common Core math. I don't even understand it. If you know it, if you don't know Common Core, it's just a new math. And the goal of Common Core is to use one sheet of paper for every problem. You, you 
just want to keep breaking the problem down. You put the problem at the top and it just keeps going. <laughs> and then what's even funnier is you see old math in the middle of it. As you break it down, old math gets in there and you're like, oh, just do that at the top. I don't even know what we're doing. <laughs> and it's not like old math isn't working. I mean, old math's doing, I don't get incorrect change everywhere just doing the stupid old math. <laughs> It's a long way to get at the same answer. I told my wife, I go, it feels like if you knocked on my front door and I opened it and you said, can I come in? And I was like, do you mind walking in and coming in through the back door? And you're like, does the front door not work? I'm like, no, it works. I use it. A lot of people still use it. But the new way is to go jump the fence and come in the back and meet me at this same spot. Ah, uh, that is so funny. How many times on social media you've seen the mom or dad post like, make it make sense, you know, because yeah. they're trying to help their child. And they're, you know, many of us, we're college educated, graduated parents, and we cannot figure it out. Oh, we've had some tears and some stress. Oh, yes. Over some homework situation mm -hmm. over the years. <laughs> well, speaking of, I mean, did you guys, have y'all seen was that a concern for you? Because I, I hear that from a lot of parents. The you know, there, our kids are at school all day. Um, for for many of us, our our teachers have our children for more waking hours than we do during a school year, right? Or during that that week. And people, you know, have said like they're at school all day, then they come home and have hours of homework. Now I know y'all tell the ages of your kids first of all. Okay, um, this is Amy. My kids are, I have a 13 year old who is in eighth grade this year. And then I have a 10 year old who is in fifth grade and a six year old who is in first grade. So eighth, fifth and first. Okay. Uh, and, and this is Kristen. Um, I've got a 12 year old in seventh grade, a nine year old in fourth grade and a six year old in first grade. Okay, did y'all, were you amongst those parents who saw more homework than you would have liked to have seen or? I feel like, honestly, um, well, I know both of my kids, um, my older ones that have been through for the fourth grade, I don't know if it's just like a fourth grade thing, but they just had no homework, which was really amazing. But I have always been in the camp of they don't need to be doing homework when they get home. You know, they've spent six, seven hours at school doing these worksheets and, you know, practicing this stuff, let them come home and let them just like breathe and run and all this stuff so but I've heard stories from other parents where there have been you know hours of homework which is just ridiculous in my opinion to me um but I do I, I have had some situations where my kids have had homework like Chris remember that time you were at the house yeah Carson was yes. so upset I mean my oldest son is my one he just he just does Thanks. not like school and he has never found anything at school that has inspired him or like made him really excited to learn mm. and so when he has to do this homework I mean the tears and the frustration and you know the minute your kids getting frustrated it's like a trigger point for mm. a parent and as much as you want to be that patient calm like oh, let me help you no 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 no. the rage starts to like <laughs> it sounds so horrible but does it not it starts to like bubble up inside you and you're just like why are you being like this like why don't you understand this and it just it causes so many absolutely I mean, this is the family time, you know, in the evenings. Let's and, I, you know, I didn't, I fortunately have not had a lot to deal with with homework. Um, you know, Knox just started last year kindergarten. So obviously he didn't have any, but um, the Riley, my oldest, 
she has done well and she's also one of those that's pretty independent and you know she she'll do well in school but when she had the virtual last year okay when they were at home you know at home she would have class after class after class online but each class she had to do so much homework in between like she was literally on her ipad uh for like I mean, probably eight hours, she would come down for lunch and then go back up. And I'm like, I, this is not good. This is not good, especially with virtual, you know, when they're already on the tablet and everything's on the tablet. Well, this is that, on, you know, COVID, so. COVID clarity. I think that we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation right now. It's There's a high percentage we wouldn't even be having this conversation right now if COVID hadn't happened. Right. Because I think that was the moment when it's opened our eyes, you know, the whole process for the last year and a half has, has really opened our eyes to a lot, including school, because everything was turned upside down with our kids schooling. And so and we were more involved. We and were we more involved. More, you know, we right. To see more of what's going on. Um, and then just sending them back with the with the rules of the distancing and the masking and all these things like all of these things are what led us to, you know, eventually start to look elsewhere. Okay, so I want to talk about that. Um, you said there was, and I love that you use that, that term COVID clarity. It's like when things begin to unfold, your eyes begin to open to more and more of what's really going on, right, Amy? And so one of the things that has been on my mind for a while, now for me, this is Holly, so I, I made a sacrifice, honestly, to put my kids in private school. And when I say that, like, I just want everyone to understand, this was not like some hoity-toity, you know, um, super expensive private school. It was a school that taught more of a classical education, was a Christian school. In full disclosure, I didn't even choose it because it was a, quote, Christian school, although I am a Christian. I chose it because of the environment and the education and the the fact that to be honest with you they had a high standard for these kids and they believed the kids could to rise to meet it and guess what they did so i made the choice um when my now 22 year old was in kindergarten to pursue this route and made the financial sacrifices truly to make it happen for them because i had concerns just like amy and, and kristen are talking about and you know in 19 i want to say in 1990 the united states was ranked sixth in the world for its level of education um the last i heard i think it's 27th we're on the decline oh, wow we're on the decline and we've seen a marked de decrease, you know, in educational attainment. And we're giving these kids what we're, I mean, you would think they would have more resources and yet we're doing worse. We're throwing everything, <laughs> you know, at, at the educational problem, but it seems we're getting worse. And listen, I'm, I'm painting in broad strokes here. I get that. And this is not, let's just be really clear today as we're having these conversations, teachers, my goodness, none of us envy your position. This is bigger than the teachers. This is the system, the yeah, government yeah. system, the um, academic system, the people who are making these decisions for our kids have clearly been doing a pretty poopy job because mm -hmm. we have gone from six to almost 30. And I think parents, as you get involved with your kids, you see many of the reasons why. Kristen and Amy, y'all went through 2020 homeschooling virtually with your kids. Amy, I will never forget one of my favorite things that happened in 2020 was you sent me a video. Oh God. I may remember what you're going to say. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, video. I can't remember which of your kids it was. 
but they were logged in. <laughs> and oh, the sex ed. oh, no, there was a boy that was asleep. Yes. Oh, the boy that was asleep. Sorry. And uh, there was a boy. Your child is sitting there watching, and a boy is asleep. It's just all passed the hell out in his bed. <laughs> I mean, and, and you're like, there's no way this is going to work. I mean, this no, is not, not going to work. This is not going to work. <laughs> okay. But y'all had your eyes open. And then take us through kind of when you made that decision. I'm not going to keep my kids in public school anymore. And I now realize I do have control. I can figure out other things. And private school being super expensive, I think that you're like, that is not the route we want to go. But share with us how that worked. Yes, we, we were never, ever, I mean, neither one of us would have ever considered private school. No, we, sure. were, we grew up in public school. And I mean, I never, I've always been one that I was like, education is education. It really depends on the teacher. Like, because truly, if you have a good teacher, which our kids have had, like, definitely had some excellent teachers, but they've also had some not so good. Same with us. And I've never been one. I'm like, I gotta save my money to, to pay for college, you know, and I don't need to do that now because it doesn't matter as or in my thinking, it didn't matter as much when they're just learning the basics or just learning this. Like I wanted to save my money for a better college education to prepare them for the world. But, and honestly, we, we were just happy to have our kids somewhere. <laughs> Is that bad? Not home. I mean, you know, like, it's like, oh my God. Cause you know, finally, you know, we're like, oh my God, they're all going to be somewhere for like six hours a day. And we can, we can Ooh. actually like breathe for a second, get some things done that we need to do. You know, this is maybe where, how a lot of parents think, but then, you know, there are the parents that are super involved and like in know everything about all the curriculum. That was definitely not where we were coming from. Um, so what, what led us to where, you know, we were, and the thing is, it's like Kristen said, the good teachers, Here's what I'm starting to realize is that good, great teachers can only be so great in this system because they can't spread their wings and do a lot of the things that maybe they want to do. They can make what they have to do. They can make what they have to do great and get through it. But imagine if they were set free from all the constraints and the hand tying and the government, you know, coming down and saying, this is the test. They must all get this percentage or else you will be fired and you, you know, our scores will go down. And I mean, this is what teacher stress is all geared towards that. So they have to teach to that, no matter how great they are, they're stuck in that well, position. Well, you tell them about, there was a specific teacher that so, uh, went through this experience. And y'all, uh, once again, teachers who are listening, we'd love to hear your perspective as well. Yes. And we're going to have some teachers on so this is truly from the parents' perspective, okay? And we appreciate the hell oh out of God. I like, can imagine teachers, what y'all are going through. And teachers are uh, a blessing. I still, who everybody remembers their favorite teachers, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Everybody remembers their favorite teachers. Yes. So, I mean, I've got goosebumps just saying that and thinking that. So please know that we come from this place of, we can't even imagine what you're going through, but what and you saying, but this well, one particular. Yeah, so, too. I mean, great teachers make, an absolute difference in a child's life, 100%. But, you know, I feel like school's a lot different now than it used to be when we were in school. Um, so, but but still, it doesn't matter. The, the impact of a great teacher will always last. So my, my son last year in fourth grade, even through this COVID virtual year, which I hate that it was virtual because he missed out on so much time with this teacher who was so amazing. And he really tried to make learning. I mean, his, he tried to make learning so fun. Like he would take them outside. He would bring in his guitar. They would sing. Um, they would talk about like, just, they would do photography, like all these other things. And 
Wyatt, my son, came home towards the end of the year because, you know, for a while they weren't in school. Then they were in school two days a week. And then at the very end of the year, they were actually going all five days. And towards that time, the all five days time, he would come home and say, Mom, you know, my teacher was told that he had to, um, he couldn't bring the guitar in, in anymore. And he had to take the pictures of us down off the walls. And he could, he was making like cupcakes and um, teaching them stuff about like baking and like doing math lessons with baking. And he'd bring in the cupcakes and, you know, they would have them. And he's not allowed to do that anymore. Um, he got in trouble. He got in trouble. And so he left. He left. So there's a great teacher that has, has been driven out of this school. And I actually had a conversation with him and he you know, full on admitted that he was pretty much had a target on his back um, because he stepped out of the box um, to try to inspire the kids, which he was absolutely and doing. And he did inspire he did. Wyatt. I he mean, inspired yeah. Wyatt. Oh my gosh. I've never seen Wyatt so energized and ready to get up in the morning, ready to learn. He started loving art. He was drawing. He was skateboarding. He <laughs> yeah, he, he started wanting to learn to bake. He was like, they, he, the teacher loved to skateboard. They would talk about skateboarding and he would come in and practice like all these things that maybe are not like dividing fractions, but it's making him excited. And there, it's making him excited. And guess what happens to a student that's excited in the classroom yeah. to be they there? Learn. They learn. They I learn. mean, this is what we have got to get outside the box. I think that's, you know, the, I mean, gosh, we could go down that rabbit hole. We won't go down there right now, but we've got to get outside the box with our kids and understand, first of all, with the rise of learning disabilities in this country and learning differences, like there is not a one size fits all. And I think this goes back we really want to bring a mom on who's also a teacher who um, has very dyslexic children and, 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 and let her share her story. But, you know, that was when she realized that, you know, my children have learning differences. I've got to take the power back. I can't just put them in a system that's not working and serving them. Right. And, and that, anyway, we'll tell that story later. But th that is the thing that we want you guys to feel empowered with the knowledge of. We understand it feels overwhelming. But what we're finding is you can navigate options to where these kids can get this more of these kinds of educations where your children do enjoy learning because honestly they should, but right. often they don't. And I don't blame all the teachers for that either because look, there's an example of a teacher who's trying his best and he got targeted or felt targeted. And I want you guys to know 8% of teachers leave the profession every year. And after COVID, that number has certainly jumped um, to where now it says, when asked about the likelihood, this is from educationweek.org, when asked about the likelihood that teachers will leave teaching in the next two years, 54% said they are somewhat or very likely to do so. So we got kids who aren't excited about going to school and teachers who are miserable. No wonder we're having a combination. Well, and just the stress of this past year and all the teachers, what, what all they had to do, you know, think about just, oh my gosh, the, the virtual learning, trying to pull everybody along and get everybody on the same page. It's just, it was almost impossible. But I think the straw that really broke the camel's back for both of us, honestly, was, um, you know, we made it through the school year. So excited. I wanted to take the mask and burn it in the fireplace. Like after the, you know, I used to hate watching them come outside to get in the carpool line with their mask. Didn't that just... Oh yeah. Make you sick to your stomach, like seeing them like that. I just, I, and then the minute they got in the car, we're like, get your mask off right now, breathe, <laughs> breathe, you know? And they would say they could only get like three second air breaks. They would have to pull their mask up from the chin, like pull it at the chin, pull it up, take a breath, and they have to put it right back down. 
that was their breathing breaks that they would get every once in a while. So that already would just totally disgusted me. We get out of school. We had the most normal, amazing summer ever. Mm-hmm. Summer camps, kids running everywhere. Know. You would never even know. No masks. Like it's great. And we're both like, okay, we've made it. We did this. You know, it's good. Kids were never a, you know, vector or target of this, of this disease anyway. So we're going to go back to school in the fall and it's going to be amazing. Well, literally psych. (laughs) (laughs) So our school board um, (laughs) decided basically a week before school started, maybe two weeks before, before school was supposed to start, they put their vote out there. And I mean, we're a part of a, of a group of parents who just strongly disagree that our children should be masked, mandated to be masked for seven or eight hours a day, every single day, Monday through Friday. We believe that masks should be a choice for the children, for the parents to make with their children, because teachers have had ample opportunity to be vaccinated. Teachers can wear masks, all those things. And I think we've made that clear in other podcasts, how we feel. Well, so um, we're in this group, over over a thousand families minimum that even know, like, feel the same way that we do. So we are not alone. And we have sent scientific study after scientific study to our school board before they voted. And we were not heard at all. It was a vote of six to zero. Zero school board members voted for mass choice in our county. And I think for, I know for both of our husbands and us, like that was like, that's it. We're out. Like nobody's listening to us. I am not doing this again. I'm not sending my kids again to school where they have to wear this mask and they have to be distanced away from each other. They can't play on the, they just can't be normal kids. Okay. Regardless of education, I just want them to feel safe and I want them to feel normal. I want them to have a normal Mm -hmm. childhood. This is not normal. Well, and it is, it's just so ridiculous. It's just like the straw that broke the camel's back. It really was. And, and honestly, it's just when I started, when I realized that the school board really does not care about anything that we say, um, and you should have heard a public hearing that Amy and I went to just last week. And there were the people that we heard, there were probably what, nine people. There were two people that stood up pro mask and seven or that just that we heard that stood up, you know, for mass choice, you know, and they clearly stated scientific studies, legit evidence. I mean, these arguments were amazing, amazing. They didn't listen at all. And apparently we learned that they had actually already made the choice. And this was kind of just for show, right? Yeah. Um, so this is just like part of the appeal. So they don't even care. And then I didn't, I didn't look here. Here's my ignorance is bliss or it is not now because now I'm trying to learn everything. I didn't even realize that 38% of our tax dollars goes to the education that we're not even happy with. <laughs> 38%? 38%. Okay. Okay. I'm glad you said that because Here some of the Here comes Holly. Follow the money. Here comes the numbers. <laughs> okay. So what do you think the number one reason that a lot of the academic world and the government, what a lot, the reason why people believe that we are, our education system is failing they think we're not giving it enough money. <laughs> promise, promise. That's literally like if you read articles, especially from certain news sources, it's all going to be about, you know, we're not giving them more money. Where's the money going? Where? What's it doing? It's not Where's making it better. Going? It's not making it better. And I think some people would say, well, we haven't increased the amount of money that we're giving to schools. 
Listen, I don't, I remember when they were, you know, we had a population boom here in Raleigh, still do. And there were schools being thrown up left and right. There were millions and millions and millions of y'all. They look like art sculptures, like crazy. And I, and I just remember my parents going, is this what tax dollars is going to like, wouldn't that be better used for textbooks and like paying these teachers more, but we're going to build a little like schoolhouse building, like cute well, little, and you know what, and this is what yes. happens to see our guy that we'll be talking yeah. about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, it's, so I'm so glad you mentioned that and that y'all looked that up y'all, because I don't necessarily think, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know everything about the specific allocation of taxpayer dollars into our education systems and what specifically it's going towards. But that is not even close to being the only problem. And we are giving a crap ton of taxpayer dollars. I have been paying taxes for way longer than I've had children. And I've never once used the public school dollar that I pay into. So, and by the way, so homeschooling in North Carolina is up 20%. So you got more and more parents choosing other options, right? right. I mean, choosing other options. They're paying into the system, I'm sure most of them, right? And yet they're not. So, so we got a problem here and it is way beyond the money. So I, I had to never, ever, 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 ever. And I can say ever again, considered homeschooling my kids no. until, until this year. Right. When we decided yeah. like when the mask, the mask mandate is what the straw that broke the camel's back and we just could not face another year. And I know that people are like, oh, kids adapt and they don't care. And you know what? My kids would have happily worn the mask. Mm -hmm. they, they would have, but does that make it right? Does it make it right that their carbon dioxide levels are up their oxygen? Who can perform in a mask? Who can do their best academics? Who can socialize? Who can, you know, when, when you're sitting at a lunch table with plexiglass in between and only two kids there across staring at each other. I mean, it's just, I, I'm not doing it again. My kids normalcy of just being a normal life, normal childhood trumped everything for me at that point. Um, so then, of course, here we are. We pulled them out and we're like, okay, now what? Now what? Oh, my God. So then that's when we really started thinking like, okay, well, what would we want? Like, what would our ideal mm -hmm. educational experience for our kids look like? Because now that they're out, like, what do we do? What, 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 it's like almost like you can just kind of dream again and say, and if anything's possible, if, if the education is in our hands, what do we want? And so that's when we started really thinking about it. Where's your son? Yeah, she, so she put, posted on Facebook. Um, yeah, so I did, I ended up posting on Facebook because I was just curious when we were going through this. I was like, I just want to ask parents, like if you could decide any kind of education you would want your kids to have, if it was up to you um, and not the government, um, what would it be? And now there it is. I had like over 59 comments and I'll just read you some of the things that parents would love for their kids to learn. Um, let's see, giving back to the community, focus more on character than grades or tests, make learning fun, be outside more than inside, teach life skills and practical applications, no homework, um, six hour school days with lunch or rest in the middle so they can decompress, no masks, life skills, social events often that give them safe places to gather and things to do, um, art classes to be brought back, Let's see what else. There's so many. Um, let's see. Well, and that's the thing. I think what you're hearing is a lot of parents who say, I'm not happy with, uh, I'm, I'm not really, you know, satisfied with what my kid's getting, but because it is what, I, you know, our tax dollars pay for, it's 
you know, that's where I'm going to send my children there. I was a public school kid and totally believed in public school, you know, until I had to make a choice uh, otherwise. But but I think that's that's just the point. And listen, nothing's going to be perfect. Let's just say, and we're not all going to all agree all the time about what that education should look like. And I'll give you case in point. Um, if you watched, if you saw on the news this week, there was an undercover uh, sting operation from Project Veritas again, and this time it was around education. And they had Gabriel Geip, who is an AP government teacher at Endercombe High School. And he was telling people, he says, I have 180 days to turn these students into revolutionaries. And the guy sitting across the table says, how do you do that? And he said, scare the F out of them. And he says, I'm probably as far left as you can go. I post a calendar every week. I've had students show up for protests, community events, tabling, food distribution, all sorts of things. And when they go, they take pictures, write up a reflection, and they get extra credit. He said, so the students take an ideology quiz and I put the results on the classroom wall. And every year they get further and further left. I'm like, these ideologies are considered extreme, right? Extreme times breed extreme ideologies, right? There is a reason why Gen Z, these kids are becoming further and further left. And guys, he pretty much says that's his mission is to do that. He has an Antifa flag on his wall. People had complained about this teacher many times before. Nothing was done until it became public knowledge. Then he was fired. But here's what here's here's the other piece of this. This there are activists, teachers like there's activists, everything else. OK, and you need to know what your kids are being taught. And God forbid do not let those teachers' voices be the only ones teaching your kids about a worldview or your worldview. It's very important you not abdicate all of that to the school system because you can't always trust what they're being told and, and, and what the agendas are. So I just share that to say, th these are the kinds of things that are also filling up school board meetings with parents saying, we don't want you spreading your propaganda in the classroom. No student should know how their teacher votes. No, no. Exactly. Read that at home. Agenda-free zone. Agenda-free. Yes. Agenda if you can't preach your, you know, if, if you're Christian and you can't preach your religion, you're Jewish, you can't preach your religion, you're Muslim, you can't preach your religion to those students, you should not be able to preach ideologies either, political ideologies. This is totally not okay. Because it, and, and that's not the place for this. And so um, these are the other things. If you're not aware of this, this has been happening quite a bit. It's getting exposed and it's important that you have these conversations with your kids and learn what they're learning. And if there's something that doesn't sit right with you, that you continue to push back um, and do the best you can to really protect them from this kind of stuff. Okay, so y'all y'all said, well, we don't want to homeschool. We know that, <laughs> you don't want to homeschool. In private school costs an arm and a leg. Y'all have six kids between you. So what did you come up with? <laughs> well, um, we were panicking and putting in applications at charter schools around town, but charter schools are still kind of tied to the state. So while they say that they're a mask choice right now, I, you know, who knows? And if we like their curriculum, some of them are the classical curriculum. We liked that too, you know, so there were different things, not, you know, mass and that there were a lot of different factors, but we still just didn't want it to be where we went in and it was going to be something different every month based yeah. on voting. Right? right. I mean, you know, we want like the, a consistent place, safe place, you know, Amy said it like the eye in, of the storm. Yeah. You know, like everything going around, 
we want our kids to feel yeah yeah we want them to be we want them to have a place where it's like the eye of the storm where it's calm and no matter what chaos is spinning around outside they have a place where they feel safe and they can learn and you know they love to learn so this all came about like literally after they voted for the mass thing we're scrambling our kids are in a, we're in a summer camp at a place here in wilmington called sola um, school of learning arts mm -hmm. um, and steve and scott adams are two brothers who own that school and it's actually a preschool and an after school care but our kids um, they do a, an awesome summer camp and when I, they let Carson and Riley, our oldest, be counselors in training. So they're too old for the camp, but they were allowed to go in and be helpers, like actually camp counselors, which empowered them and they absolutely loved it. So when I would go in the afternoons and pick up Carson, and this is my kid who's never excited to learn, you know, he just doesn't love school. I, I can't tell you the amount of phone calls I got in sixth and seventh grade from the school nurse of him telling me his stomach hurt. He felt like he was going to throw up. Can I come pick him up? I can't tell you the amount of Sunday evenings when I would tuck him in at night and he's like, mom, I feel like I'm going to throw up. I've tried so many times to say like, why, what's going on? Is somebody bullying you? Do you not like school? Do you like your teacher? I mean, and he could never give me a straight answer, but I'll tell you what, the stomach ache stopped when school stopped. Mm. So something he just, it just did not, it was not a good fit for him. But when I would pick him up at Sola, I would see him out there running, playing, laughing, helping, and just being his best self. Like it almost brought me to tears seeing him out there and just thriving, you know? So um, Steve Adams, one of the owners was at the gate. And I was like, have you ever thought about opening a private school? I was like, honestly, my kids, I was like, I, I could almost cry right now, just like watching Carson here and how much fun they have and how awesome y'all are. Like, you should really look into it. And he was kind of like, well, Honestly, you know, I have kind of thought about it over the past 10 years, but I just, I'm not really sure, you know, he, he wasn't sure of the demand. And I was like, let me just tell you, the demand <laughs> is absolutely there. So I added him to the group that we're in to show him how many parents are looking for other options right now, because they want their kids more than, more than the educational, you know, whatever it is, common core. They want their kids to have consistent, normal, you know, life and childhood. And so when he saw that, he was like, all right, it's time. Like, and so we're in the process of helping him. It's really, it's their private school, but mm -hmm. we're having a lot of the say and like what we want. And he's very much on board with like practical Every, life everything. skills, fun-based learning, um, doing, basically we're calling it like education reimagined. So we are completely reimagining what, what education, education is or yeah not yeah. even a system yeah right. yeah so you, you found some people who were like him on, so we'll let him tell us say yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> well you found some people who were like-minded and because I, I want to share this because i want everyone where regardless of where you live what state you live in what country you live in to understand there was a need there were already some options on the table but for amy and Kristen, the options that were currently on the table didn't quite feel right. And I think this is the great thing about innovation. You know, innovation is always, almost always started at a necessity, right? Mm -hmm. And you guys thought, well, what if we get together with like-minded people and we start to try to figure this out? And then you just, in your pursuit of trying to figure it out, you find these guys and they're going to start a school and you're going to help kind of decide what that school is going to look like. Um, there's this thing, and we'll, we're going to interview a homeschooling mom. There are homeschool pods now. So these, for, for those of you who say, I can't imagine homeschooling because I can't take on all of that for all of my kids. 
Now people are getting together, forming homeschool pods where you might teach a subject, but then someone else teaches another subject. So they're forming their own mini schools. And in the state of North Carolina, you can just say, I'm going to homeschool. And then you do have the freedom. Thank God we still have that to figure out how you want to educate your kid and, and you can create your own curriculums based on that individual kid. Because I cannot emphasize enough, my sister's an early childhood educator and she will tell you, like it is not a one, our education system has kind of been more historically a one size fits all. That does not fit most kids. It just doesn't work. You've got to learn how to teach the kid where they are. So we want everyone who's listening to understand there are more options than you're probably aware of. And if something's not sitting right with where the classroom in which your child is currently sitting, you have the power to change it. Is it easy? No. Is it going to take work? Absolutely. But I can tell you from the parents who have made the changes that we all know, man, they're really glad they, they looked and, and considered other options. Well, and this is like, it's our one shot. Like, this is it. We only get, we only get to do this one time, right? Yep. I mean, if we're going to do something like this, we might as well do it now. You only get to raise your kids <laughs> one time. And it's like, I feel like Eminem, you only get one shot. Yes. Not <laughs> a chance to put <laughs> I mean, seriously, like that's my theme song. I'm like, yeah. this is our chance. Like we can, we can make this different for them. We can be in charge and, and own and take the power back and decide. Y'all, and I will tell you right now, like it almost brings me to tears. Riley has seen what we've been doing. She's been in, she's wanted to be involved. And she has said so many times, thank you, mom. I mean, like, I'm at a, like, tear up. she's like, thank you for doing this. For, thank you for fighting for us. Thank you for, I mean, like, and I don't even, you know, I'm not trying to make her, make her think like that, but she's seeing it. And she, she, sees it, Kristen. It, she said, I am so excited about this. I can't wait. And I mean, like she is, and I can like, I can even see her being one of the teachers one day or being part of this, like this is a movement. And this is something like we are empowering our kids to show them that we stand up for them and that we are their advocates, you know, because they're our kids, you know, they're not our teacher's kids. They're not the government's kids, you know, they're yours. You know, I was going to get upset, but you know, like when your kid actually notices what you're doing and you're you're showing them by your actions, you know, what right. they can do too, you know, and what's possible. Well, right? you know what, guys, if there's anything that 2020 taught the three of us, it is do not feel ever that you have to accept status quo. You don't, Absolutely. you know, and that revolutionary and all three of us, I know, has, has really risen up to say, you know, we are so blessed to live in what is the freest country in the world. I mean, don't believe me, like look around. It, it still is in spite of all of its issues, but we as parents have to remember it's very easy. You know what? We've been talking about health for how long over the last few months and how much the, it is important that we take personal responsibility for our health, that our health and the way we get through the pandemic really starts and ends with us. And the same is true for your kids and their education. It's very easy to pass it off to the public school system. And that might be what you need to, I mean, not, I'm not saying don't pass it off, but I'm saying public school might be absolutely what's right for your kid. But if it's not, then you need to know there are options. And if your kid, wherever they're being educated, be involved as much as possible. I don't mean you have to spend your time in the classroom. You just need to know what the curriculum is. You need to talk to your child all the time about what are you learning? Tell me about what you're learning. Um, and I'll, I'll just, I'll end it with this. It's I, having a grown 22 year old child 
Um, I've, I've had parents ask me, how did your kid get through a academic system that teaches them all sorts of things? Now, I think if you've looked at the college experience, um, I'll point you to Yale, for example. Yale had a public speaker come in, and, and my son can tell the same stories from going to college here in North Carolina. Um, the, at Yale, they had, a, they had a public speaker come in, and she hated white people. I mean, truly, the, 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 the title um, of her speech that she gave at Yale University, one of the most prestigious schools there is, and I believe it was, it had the students that this was um, being shared with, they were, uh, it was about youth and children, okay, so these are people who are going to deal with youth and children. The name of her speech was the psychopathic problem of the white mind, and she Wow. It was oh. evil. I don't know if you yeah, guys like, heard it. Murder them and walk away and smile or something. Yeah. Something she horrible. talked about her fantasies of killing white people. <clears throat> how, oh, yeah, you guys. And this was put out for Yale students. Now, of course, once it got out, there was backlash. And as there should be. But the fact that she was brought in to give a speech called The Psychopathic Problem of the White Mind, that there should have been a hard stop on that. And so it is, so I say that to say, this is on the co on college campuses. Talk to your college students about what they're hearing, learning and experiencing and make sure you're having conversations with them because I, I don't wanna sound like an alarmist when I say there is just like the guy said in the Project Veritas, um, uh, Gabriel Guype, how, you know, he said that's his agenda is to bring more and more and more over to the far left. There, th there are things like this happening, propaganda and, and people trying to get hold of young, formidable minds at a young age to change our society. Now, there might be people doing that for good, but there are people doing that for evil. And you as a parent cannot afford to stick your head in the sand anymore. And with that, we're going to do part two. We're going to wrap this up and you're we're going to bring on some of the experts, a teacher in education, homeschool mom. And we're going to continue to tell you Kristen and Amy's story as it unfolds, because I personally am fascinated by it. And girls, I have, I am so proud of both of you. So we're okay. in uncharted territory. Like, oh, yeah. like Steven said, like we're, we're jumping in this raft and we don't yeah. know what's ahead, but we're in the raft together and we're going to figure it out. And we've done this before we've, we've realized, you know, in life already, all three of us, I know that like jumping out of your comfort zone sometimes yep. is the best decision you could ever make. So yeah, we'll keep you posted on what they're doing and we'll share it out with you guys because it might be something that those of you, wherever you live, you might be considering something similar. So with that, we'll see you next week. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.